eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchule for Wahoo's 24-7. And we have a special guest on this week's show. We have Stricking the Lawn, Zach Carey, who is a great follow, by the way, on Twitter. If you love everything UVA basketball, he's an up-and-coming reporter on the scene. Zach, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Jackie. And wasn't it exciting to see basketball again on the court, especially during a bye week when we were just we needed something to keep us going? It was nice to have both the men and women out there, wasn't it? It was really refreshing, especially with sort of the, the vibes around each of these programs and just all the new blood uh, for each team. It was it was a lot of fun to sort of see see those new uh, guys and girls out on the court. That's for sure. And uh, if you're on YouTube, guys, you're going to see um, some practice footage. Obviously, the full practice footage is up there as well. Now, Zach, I think you can agree with me. The biggest thing that I saw was. The, sc- the scoring, the shooting of this team compared to last year. Last year, obviously, they were only 32.3% from beyond the arc. During that game, I know this is unofficial stats, but you and I had the same 15 of 32 for 46.8% shooting from three-point range. Yep. That is a big step forward for this program. Yeah, that's meaningful. And I mean, and they got it from different sources too. I mean, you talk about 32 threes. Um, obviously, it's it's two teams, so the stats are a little bit, it's wonky, um, but but seeing just the depth of shooting from a number of different guys and and sort of the way guys were actually able to hit um, catch and shoot threes, which was such a problem last year because they would you know the guards would create space and, and would would touch the paint and then there would be nothing from that they they wouldn't generate anything offensively as a result and so it was really refreshing just to see uh, both teams' offenses be able to do that and be able to put the the ball uh, into the basket. For sure. And, and I, I, you talked about the variety of guys, you know, Isaac McNeely was three out of seven. Isaac Trout was four of five. You got Ben Vanderblast, three of four. You got Armand Franklin. We're going to talk to him about him a little more specifically later. He was four of six. And Tane Murray, he was one of four, but he's another guy we could talk about three, three point shot 
during the season. So they have options, options they didn't have last season. Exactly. And I mean, you talk about guys, these guys, and and you look at McNeely, really all of them, they all took tough shots. Like these are not just easy threes. I mean, Franklin had, I think it played a minute ago, the step back uh, three pointer at the end of the shot clock where he was, you know, at least two feet outside of the the three point arc. McNeely had a long one. I think Trout had, had, along with it that might have missed but these guys are taking tough shots um and and that bodes really well because they're able to force defenses to come out to them to come out onto the perimeter and play and you have these sort of complementary players around um guys like Gardner who who are gonna you know create havoc on the inside and and Beekman and Clark um who I'm sure we'll also get to but just having all these complementary pieces on the outside is going to do so much for this offense um no matter how they're played no matter how they're incorporated into the lineups it's just going to be a real relief for this offense which it desperately needs after last season for sure. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Gardner, Jaden Gardner, and we talked a little bit of Armand Franklin. Those two transfers were stealing headlines last scrimmage about what right. they could bring. It seems like they took steps forwards. Looking at Franklin, he, you know, was 29.6% from three-point range last season after coming from Indiana, shooting over 40% from three-point range. I know he had some injury issues as well last season, but he wasn't smooth. He wasn't confident. That, that was different. On Saturday, I know it's a scrimmage and you hype things up a little bit after a scrimmage, but right. he did look more confident in his shot, which he didn't do that last season. Um, and then Jaden Gardner was confident inside and that was a nice balance for them. Absolutely. And I think the thing with Armand is that often last year he wasn't comfortable catching and shooting. It, it was always he wanted to take a dribble to the side. He wanted to take a step back. And we saw sort of, sort of the comfort in the mid range where he'd want to step into a 17 foot jumper rather than catching it in rhythm. And so I think that that's probably something that he specifically focused on. I mean, he worked with Justin Anderson down in Miami in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And if you think about sort of a UVA guard wing type who drastically improved his three point shot at UVA, it's Justin Anderson. Um, so I, I think that obviously he was streaky last year and really the consistency was where he lacked. So taking, you know, a, a huge conclusion away from obviously one scrimmage is um, maybe a tad ill-advised. So it, it comes down to, can you do this? For <laughs> no, five to we're winning games? a national championship. Exactly. Back. <laughs> um, but if he can do this over a stretch of games and if he can consistently solidify his threat as a shooter, on the outside in terms of just catch and shoot, basic spreading the floor, basic offensive basketball concepts, then all of a sudden you have new things that you can do with this team and and sort of new sets that you can try and um, just play with. And actually, um, Caden Shedrick highlight just popped up on the screen after he came up and cleaned up underneath the glass and got uh, a a nice bucket and a foul. I I think he's going to be the main determination of how good this team is. I know it's hard to pin it on one player, but if he can be dominant like that and he can clean up those mistakes he did on the defensive side of the ball, like kind of get rid of those pesky foul troubles that he was having last season, I think that could build well for UVA. And we saw some of that on Saturday. Absolutely. And I mean, it's worth noting that Francisco Cafaro did not play in this scrimmage. So so some of the sort of battle on the inside, Shedrick had an advantage. I mean, the biggest guy he was playing against was Isaac Trout in his first time in a real UVA. I mean, I guess Fair. in Italy as well. But with that being said, all signs point to exactly what you said and Shedrick making that leap. And if you look at sort of uh, UVA bigs um, in the Bennett era, at least maybe in the last five to six years, sort of that, that redshirt junior season is when a lot of guys take a big jump. I mean, you look at Mamadi Diakite, that was his 
2019 when they won the national championship. That was his redshirt junior year. You look at Jay Huff the following season. That's often when things just sort of start to click for guys. Then obviously it's different and, and just sort of like basing it off of the sort of how long they're here isn't always, um, it's not going to carry over all the time. But I think that Cheddar, you're seeing those signs and you're seeing sort of a guy who is more comfortable um, sort of just in his shoes. He's more comfortable in his body and he looks bigger. I mean, that, that was one big thing that I sort of took away is that he looked bigger and he looked more assertive and just sort of, like he, he got a mismatch on Ryan Dunn at one point. And, and Dunn is another guy who looks big, you know, who I sort of thought mm-hmm. of as this sort of like skinny six, eight wing, but, but he looks like he's got some size that could play a small ball four if he could get minutes. But, and Shedrick just clearly sort of like waved everybody off and just said, I'm taking him. And he did. And he scored a, a nice bucket in the post on a little sort of turnaround, um, jumper and, and, and draw draw the foul and, and uh, made the free throw. So he's absolutely a guy that could be an absolute game changer for this team on either end of the floor. Now, before we go to break, I wanted to bring up probably the most controversial topic of Virginia basketball is <laughs> Kihei Clark and Reese Beekman playing together. Yeah. They played on two separate teams during the scrimmage. I liked what I saw from each of them. I really yeah. liked what I thought Kihei Clark, because you had more shooters on this team, Absolutely. could focus on being a floor general. I right. think that was something that I really liked about Kihei Clark. With Reese Beekman, I wish he was a little bit more aggressive on, on offense, but yeah. I liked the idea of him forcing those turnovers, have assists. Him and Kihei combined for over 20 assists in the game. So – it's good things from both, but I honestly really liked what I saw about what Kihei can do when he had shooters lined up with them, like guys like Isaac McNeely, guys like Isaac Trout. I really liked having that ability for him. Yeah, and I mean, I think at one point in the second half, there was lineup with Kihei, Isaac McNeely, Tane Murray, Ben Vanderplass, and, and Trout. I might have mi- mm-hmm. missed one guy in there, but... Absolutely. I mean, when he can play with goes like that, guys like that, and it goes both ways with Beekman and Clark and maybe plays into sort of the idea of it would be nice to not always have the two of them on the court at the same time, because neither one of them is particularly adept as a three point shooter and, and has sort of their own issues there. Um, I thought Kihei's handle looked really tight. And, and this is maybe just sort of a, an underrated sort of thing that might not come into play, but it just looked like he was comfortable in space. And obviously he's, he's going to be smaller than people. So it's harder to strip the ball from him, but he looked comfortable. And maybe that's just from the extra space that, that shooters sort of create. Um, but he looked really good. I agree with you on Reese. I think we had him as with four points on 10 shots. That's um, right. He struggled finishing at the rim, which I thought was a little bit disappointing, especially considering sort of the athleticism that he does have and sort of the, the, the burst that he has. Um, and so his jump shot doesn't look better, which I, uh, is another thing that I think if you're looking for a big jump from Reese, you're looking at that jump shot. So it's one game to scrimmage, but I agree with you. Sort of Kihei looked really good as sort of that facilitator type. Reese still very obviously amazing defensively. He, he He's going to wreck oh. games for some teams. Um, but in terms of offensively looking for him to be that scorer, it wasn't quite there yet. And and, and that can come with time and, and that can come against real opponents. But um, I didn't quite see those signs, I think, just as you didn't either. Yeah. And uh, when we get back from the break, we're going to actually talk about how this rotation might look like, especially with these freshmen. Which are the freshmen do you do we think is going to make it into the rotation? Find out after the break. Thank you. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast and welcome back to the good old podcast i'm jack Frenchler for wahoo's 24 7 that's zach carey from stricking the lawn um does a good job over there covering both football and basketball so make sure you follow him on twitter and also follow what they do over at Streaking the Lawn too. Uh, Zach, we left off talking about, you know, Reese and Kihei, two veterans on the team. But I think a lot of people are interested in one of the best recruiting classes Tony Bennett has had in Charlottesville since he's been here. This is a very talented group. And seeing them in person, you can understand the hype and the buzz yeah. around this. Both Isaac, Isaac squared. I think both of them had some good shot selection. And they both were confident in that shock and pretty smooth. I really like what Isaac Trout, obviously you look at defensively for Isaac. You can see why he was struggling against going against Shedrick, but there, I thought the confidence with him was great. And then Ryan yeah. Dunn and Leon Bond, I thought they both had the athleticism that you think these guys are going to turn out to be great for UVA down the line. Absolutely. I mean, I think the thing with, uh, with Trout is that he gives you, similar to Ben Vanderplas, he gives you an element in the front court that the team didn't have last season. It's a guy who can pick and pop, who can play on the perimeter in a smaller ball, uh, small ball lineup. Um, and, and it can sort of give you something different. And, and, and lineup versatility is a big thing that this team is going to be able to benefit from that they didn't have last season and that they can force teams to adapt to them a little bit more. And Trout could absolutely be a piece of that. I agree, or, I agree with you on McNeely. Uh, I think that he is probably the most physically ready and, and sort of um, just basketball ready in terms of just the, the, the mm -hmm. finite details. He's not going to turn the ball over much. He's not going to make um, decisions that are going to sort of detriment the team too often, but then Dunn and Bond, they looked farther along than I had expected. And I think that, that a lot of people talk about it and, and I don't have uh, inside information about this whatsoever, but 
about those two guys redshirting, probably being on the outside looking in to the rotation as sort of the 11th and 12th guys um, in maybe a 10-man rotation, even if that is kind of deep for Tony Bennett. But they looked very physically ready, as you said. Dunn looked bigger. And I think that each of them in sort of what their potential is as players transcends what this team has on its roster. Trout and McNeely provided something that the team didn't have last season with shooting, with spacing, and just something that's going to fit in well. And they're each smoother as products, uh, as players on the court right now than Bond and Dunn are. But Bond and Dunn each give you something that nobody else on this roster does. And, and that could be something that really can raise the ceiling for a team in a year or two, maybe right now, if they can really earn those minutes. I'm not sure if they will. Um, Bond looked really good as a passer, which I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked good on the wing, handling the ball, made a couple of errant decisions, um, lofted a couple passes that went out of bounds. And so there's still room for improvement there. Obviously, looked very fluent defensively and, and just very um, – he, he could flow with the movements of the pack line defense, which is something that is hard to do for a freshman. Dunn looked like he could be a small ball for DeAndre Hunter type. And yes. it's – I think for Dunn, it's going to be a matter of when does it click. Not if, when. Because it's going to click at some point for him. And then you're just going to see this burst because he's got offensive potential. He doesn't quite have the three-point shot, similar to how Hunter didn't have it in his uh, true freshman season. Um, but he's he's smooth everywhere else, potentially just a little bit more skilled, especially around the basket than Hunter was. And he can run and transition well. He's got some decent handles. And I think defensively, he's going to be a really good product and, and sort of he's a good prospect now and, and can turn into something um, that is really, I mean, we see him guarding Bond here. And, and that's exactly what I was talking about with Bond sort of making feeds on the inside that usually you really only see from point guards. Um, but both of those guys have long-term potential that might not quite live up um, they might not live up to that this season, um, whereas McNeely and Trout are going to give you something right away. But yeah, every one of these guys could be a really, really good player for UVA down the line. For sure. And I remember if, uh, like a block or two that Dunn had that made me like, okay, all right. Yeah. He is he is more athletic and more physical than I thought he was going to be at this point. Um, right. So yeah, that's going to be some questions for Tony Bennett. You mentioned, you kind of hinted at it a little bit because usually when you think of Tony Bennett, you think of a small rotation. He's not mm-hmm. really into going to deep in the bench like that. I think he can. You can see him this season going to maybe nine or ten because the, like the talent that he has. He's got the depth, and, and you've got the options. Um, I mean, I think in my head, it's sort of a there's a top six uh, with the returning starters from last year being Kihei Reese, Armand, Jaden, Caden. Obviously, Caden Chadwick and, and Kafaro swapped out of those starting spots. Some, um, so you have those five, including Caden and not Kafaro, and then Ben Vanderplas probably as your sixth man, or at least the guy who's going to get the six most minutes early on. Um, and then you sort of look at Murray, Kafaro, McNeely, and Trout um, as sort of the, those ten guys. You know, Dunn and Bond question marks. Yeah. And so it, it's it's a tough sort of – it's hard because Bennett likes to stick with his guys. And, and that's mm-hmm. something that you see, especially in postseason play um, late in the season. I mean, in, in the 2019 run, there were times when he would only play six guys in a game and he would just ride his players. Um, but you saw some of the flaws of that last season. You saw Armand Franklin start 0 for 3 and then finish 1 for 7. And I think that something that this team will have from the three-point line or, or elsewhere, you can plug in somebody when, when somebody's struggling. Like you, you have the opportunity to do that um, along with sort of that lineup versatility, being able to play a stretch four and a stretch five rather than sort of more sort of uh, 
old school basketball four and five like Gardner and Shedrick. And so the opportunities are really endless for this team. And that's really exciting if these pieces can come together. No, for sure. This is definitely going to be an exciting team to watch. I think this is going to be it's the hype is here already for Virginia basketball. I don't know if it's because people are craving that hype, but it's definitely you can you can definitely feel it in Jam Paul Jones Arena too with the fans too. They're really excited to see this team in action. You know who else was really excited to be out there? Coach Mox. Coach yeah. Mox was back. You know she's the new Virginia women's basketball coach. And Zach, it's night and day how that program has switched under Coach Mox. Obviously she's a new head coach. She's brought some new energy, and we both were there also for the women's scrimmage. And you know. The first thing she did was she took the microphone, introduced herself, introduced the coaching staff, and she asked the community to, you know, be part of this program. And I think this community, especially joining in Sam Burnell, the transfer from Notre Dame, whose family live in Rutgersville, Virginia, I, you know, you can hear that people are waiting for this program to just start something. Yeah. And and I think that you just you felt it in JPJ. And, you know, I, I didn't pay too close attention uh, to the women's program under, under the previous staff, but typically it was just sort of a, a feeling of just, I mean, doom and gloom a little bit, whereas now it, it just, everyone's excited. And, and as they should be, this roster has players um, that individually, I think, were always talented and, and sort of like had potential. You look at somebody like uh, Taylor Valade, you obviously you bring in Brunel and, and a number of other players similar to that, but um, now it seems like they're finally starting to come together as a team a little bit more and, and that there's a little bit more of an energy and that there's a little bit more cohesion and just sort of common purpose. Whereas before it just seemed like it was lost on everyone. Um, and that's really encouraging, you know, and I think that it was cool to see coach Mox introduce her whole staff and just this sort of like youthful program mm-hmm. that seems like it's, it's yeah, ready to sort of break out onto the national stage. And, and they've got the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to evaluate a new coach because she hasn't played a game yet. She hasn't right. coached the game in Virginia Colors. But seeing what Coach Mox has done as a new head coach, she just gets it in yeah. a way where you see her social media presence. You see how she's handled the recruiting front. My goodness, the first thing she did was to recruit Sam Burnell to come back, which yeah. means she's already got the Ruckersville, that, that Green County area, all up trying to come to John Phil Jones Arena. Right. And then... She went out and says she got one of the best players in Louisa County and in the country by having Olivia McGee commit. And she wasn't done. She got Kamora Jansen from STAB from the city of Charlottesville, Almaro County, to also commit in the next class. So you have two amazing players from a top 100, top 50 on ESPN committed yeah. to her program. So next year, she's going to have Sam Burnell, Kamora Johnson, and Olivia McGee. So she's not only getting good players, she's getting the community involved. Yeah. And that's really important. And, and that all just comes down to sort of a, a commitment to, I mean, you know, we talk about it in football and it's a completely different thing, but a commitment to getting these, these kids, you know, f- from local areas to get excited, you know, about this program. And, and I mean, you just talk about, and this is could potentially create a pipeline. I mean, you talk about Sam Now you talk about people who are going to watch Olivia McGee play in at their high schools and in their local areas, and then go to UVA and play in JPJ. And that's going to create, I mean, that's just going to create so much excitement and it already has. And you talk about Kaimora Johnson. I mean, Charlottesville is buzzing. I mean, you know, there, there's plenty of people from Charlottesville at UVA. 
Um, and as a student, I mean, you, you can already tell that that's happening. Um, and, and it's just, it's something that is, it's, I mean, yeah, I've said the word five times, but it's just exciting. <laughs> and it just seems like things, it seems like things can only go well once the games start to, play, to, to sort of happen and, and once they get on the court. Um, and obviously it's going to take more time yes. um, to get the results on the floor than perhaps on the recruiting trail, uh, which is an odd sort of concept because that doesn't typically, <laughs> usually you're looking for the on-court results and then you get the recruits, you know, but uh, yeah, it, it, it seems like something is brewing here. Yeah. she's. I think she said she wants butts in the seats and recruiting yeah. three, you know, great players from the area is certainly going to intrigue local people to come and watch. I know yeah. that Sam Burnell is going to have a huge group of people. Yeah. You know, I remember her playing with Notre Dame at the JPJ and the amount of people there to watch her. I can't imagine what's going to happen with her playing for the hometown school now. So that's certainly a big thing. And I, I want to stress with something. I know, I think the Virginia women's program has gotten a lot of, you know, I guess, news or hype around it from media members, but also just about the community too. And it is a process. And that's something that Coach Mox has really done a good job of trying to stretch that their that progress is in the process. I think that's what she was saying. And mm -hmm. that's what she's trying to focus on. She's trying to make progress with this program. This program last year wasn't good. And yeah. she said, you know, she doesn't, she's from the state of Virginia. She understands the traditions at UVA. And one thing that she said was she didn't pay attention the last few years, but she saw the wins and loss program. And she was pleasantly surprised at the talent level that this program had. So she's happy with it, but it's going to take time. It's yeah. it's a program that let's not put the car before the, the, the horse before the cart here and just say like, Hey, this is going to, they're going to win big games here. They're going to be yeah. great. This right. is going to be a steady progress. Um, but it's exciting times for the women's program. Yeah, and I mean, I think that they're starting to pop up in sort of bubble predictions for the NCAA tournament. Um, but that's also, a, like, I think that that is a reasonable sort of expectation is that if, if they yeah. could find a way to get in the tournament first year under Coach Mox, I mean, that'd be oh, amazing. Gosh. You know, yeah, but yeah, it, but it's it's steps like that. You know, we're not we're not talking ACC champ, and maybe we are, and then all of a sudden I'm, you know, but, you know. <laughs> But, but sort of, you know, yeah, right. you have to take those steps to get where you're trying to go. Um, fortunately, Sam Brunel is going to be around for two years. I don't know if that was confirmed beforehand. You would probably know more yes, than I would. Yes, she's going to be two for two years. I mean, yeah, I mean, her saying that yesterday, I, it's incredible. And, and sort of just the, the players uh, that this coaching staff is already bringing in are, are really exciting. And that's just something that this program hasn't had in a long time. And I think that uh, I, I saw UVA, like the official UVA Instagram account, I believe, did a little sort of walking around grounds interviewing students thing before the blue white scrimmage. And a lot of the questions were about the men's team. Um, but there, there was w when people were asked about the women's team, there was a, a, a acknowledgement of Coach Mox and of sort of the energy and you know, personally considering the energy around the UVA football team right now, like <laughs> it's it's pretty uh, it, it takes something for students to be aware uh, of a program, especially, um, you know, even a, a woman's program, uh, unfortunately. So, and so it, it just, it's something that, that it's taught. I mean, it just, it spreads and, and it's, and it's, it's, it's really great to see. And I think that um, coach Mox has, has done the right things in the time that she's had and the opportunities that she's had so far. And then, as you said, it, it all comes down to sort of the progress of the process. That's right. And basketball season, 
is less than 30 days away. We're almost there, Zach. We've almost made it to the starting point of basketball season. Well, Zach, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast this week. Of course. Thanks for having me. So thanks again to Zach for joining us on the show. It was nice to talk some Virginia hoops after watching both the women and the men scrimmage on Saturday. And we had full coverage of that scrimmage on Wahoo's 24-7, including the eight-minute video clip of the highlights from Virginia men's and that three-minute clip for Virginia women's all on our site at Wahoo's 24-7, including our takeaways as well on Wahoo's 24-7. And if you like what you're hearing on the show, go ahead and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. And also go ahead and click on this video on YouTube and subscribe and click on the bell so that you're notified whenever there are new videos here on YouTube. For the rest of the week, this is going to be a short week for Virginia football. Tony Elliott will speak to the media on Monday. The coordinators will speak on Tuesday. The team will travel to Atlanta on Wednesday and then obviously face Georgia Tech on Thursday. We will have an episode on Wednesday, just like we do on normal weeks. And that one will have the Tony Elliott takeaways, but also it will have a game preview for the Georgia Tech game. And then we will also have a game recap later on this week about what stood out about the game against the Yellow Jackets. We will not have that on Monday. We'll actually have it sooner. Um, It'll probably be either Friday or Saturday this week. I hope you guys have a good week. So for Zach Carey, I'm Jackie Franchuli. I'll see you guys soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.